0: Hey, everyone, this is Colin McGinnis, and we just finished an episode with Matt Rosenthal talking about my career and my experiences. Uh, had a great time discussing uh, the hard work, perseverance, and things that led me to be successful. I hope there's some value in it for you. Hope you enjoy listening to the show.
1: hey everybody matt rosenthal digging in i want to thank you so much for joining the show again today i've got a phenomenal guest Um, he's got an awesome background he's really led and managed and and been a part of some really like major companies initiatives innovation and his story is i think it's intriguing and, and i know you'll find it to be of some value to you there's a few things you're going to take from this one is hard work two is perseverance three is innovative thinking Those things are like, when you put those together, they're so powerful. And so today I want to introduce to you Colin McGinnis. Colin, thanks so much for being on the show.
0: Thanks, Matt. Uh, Good morning.
1: Well, I think the best place to start, and good morning to you too. I think the best place to start is we can, we see now, if we look you up, you know, look on your LinkedIn, look look on your social media, we can all see, you know, what you've achieved and kind of who you are. But I think that starting at the beginning is really valuable. And I know you have a really interesting story. Um, you know, I, I think maybe some moving around, Air Force bases and things like that. So can you take go us ahead. back to how it all started for you?
0: Sure, sure, Matt. Um, so, you know, I, I go all the way back to, you know, I think everybody that's successful can reach back to their uh, their upbringing, uh, certain pivotal moments in their life. And and for me personally, you know, I, uh, I was raised, uh, my father was in uh, the military and actually, the intelligence agency business and uh and my mother was extremely hardworking, and uh so she raised myself and two brothers so three boys so there was a lot of time where my you know my father was off doing different things uh in service of the country and and but when he was home extremely disciplined extremely uh direct and and kind of shaped and molded uh Directionally, where where I wanted to go in my life, but I truly get a lot of my drive and perseverance from my mother, and and you know knowing that she you know had to raise three boys, put up with three boys, and and if you've raised boys or or been around boys, you know we're sweaty, we're stinky, we fight, <laughs> uh, you know, and she always did it with grace, and and because of her background, she taught all of us or instilled in all of us you know, hard work, uh, respect for your fellow human, um, uh, you know, do unto others, you know, it's, it's, you've seen those posters now, 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 uh, you know, the various stores have all those posters about, you know, everything I learned in life. I learned when I was a kid, you know, look both ways and, and do those things. Well, my mother was the epitome of that. And I think that shaped, you know, me as, as a young person that I took into my adulthood and ultimately, you know, I had a background in, in athletics and, and when I got into my first careers in retail, I learned real quick that if you work hard and you treat people right and you're respectful to the customer and, and you, you do what's asked of you and, and you do a little bit more or you do just what's common courtesy, people recognize that and, and I use it even now. There aren't enough people that try to be good. They may be good people, but they don't try to be good. And, and I, I learned by doing that, that you, you, can, you can go far in life.
1: That is phenomenal. They may be good people. Say that again. They may be good
0: people, but they don't try to be good. So, so there's a whole lot of folks Powerful. that if you give, yeah, if, if you give um, you know, direction to, you, know, you say, hey, I need you to do this particular task, or I need you to take care of this particular client they do that, but they don't take it that extra mile. And it's, and again, it's old fashioned, but I hold the door for people when I go places, not because I'm trying to get anything extra or whatever, but you open the door and you usually wind up having a great interaction. They usually laugh and go, Hey, are you going to be here all day or something like that? Yeah. And it's, and it's just part of how you're raised and part of how you're instilled. It's that little extra where you you try to do things the right way and it's basically how you were taught. And I, that I've worked on, so I do it with my peers. I do it for people that I worked for and I do it the people that work for me. It's part of that servant leadership, you know, that again, there's been a lot of buzzwords that have come out the last 15 or 20 years that were a lot of how all of us started and, and that's part of how you were taught to be successful in the industry.
1: You know, when you, you were giving the example of opening the door, I thought about you've heard people say, look, just if you're walking down the street, smile at the people that are walking past you and watch them smile back. And it, it, it's true. Like when you lead in that way, it does sort of cause a reaction. It's almost like that mirror effect. Like if you're putting that out, odds are you're going to get back what you put out. You 100%.
0: Know? 100 percent. It's, it's, you know, you, you're uh, and you've heard the cliches, um, you know, your team is only as good as the weakest link and things like that. And 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 part of that is true. But part of it is, is, you know, uh, if you if you develop all of the folks on your team to do multiple roles and to do multiple things and you put out the positive energy and, and you teach people to do the right things. And, and I think, quite frankly, of that goes back to my sports background as a kid you know i did you know the typical you know baseball football basketball track all of those different things and in every single sport there's an individual aspect or component where you have certain amount of responsibilities that it relates to the team but there's more about a team concept because your teammates count on you and they count on you to to do your job and quite frankly if you can exceed at your job one of your teammates may be having an off day. Well, that same thing works in business. Um, you know, I may have a bad day one day, but one of my teammates picks me up, and or vice versa. And that's huge. And not enough people look for that. And and quite frankly, I uh, even when I interview people today, and when I talk to people, and I look at onboarding folks, I look a little bit for folks that and, and by the way, it doesn't matter what sport or what team event you've done. If I if I know you've done the commitment, I know you've been out there when you've had to practice when it's hot, or you've been there in the fourth quarter, when you're behind 30 to nothing, and you still showed up, and, and you still finished the game, that means a lot because you don't win every time. And and if you if you if you're able to go out there and succeed and, and, and do your job and do it to the best of your ability, you're, you're going to succeed the next time and the time after that, your time will come. And, and I look forward to that, trying to find the right folks to work with and to, uh, to put
1: on the team. Yeah, and to add on to that, I think, I mean, I've experienced, but being able to, to, to lose, I don't even like the word because it's really when losing to me or, or failing in something in the moment, I see it as an opportunity really just to improve. 100%. So I try to I try to to um, impart that on the, the people that are around me and the people that work in my company. But being able to lose, as I just bring it back for a second to your upbringing, all of the things that you share, discipline, being spoken to in a direct way by your dad, um, respect, treating people the right way, and on and on, all the things you just mentioned, they build. Did they not build like a confidence in you like a a sort of a self-confidence a certainty that allows you to lose and not feel like you're losing does that make sense absolutely well
0: well i think what it established in me is don't get too high on the wins don't get too low on the losses it's it's you know uh and and uh I, i i uh i actually had the privilege of playing football um was not that great but in in, at Oklahoma state uh, in college and um, played there for a couple of years and, and truly was more of a practice player than a player. But at that time, I was there, there was a gentleman you've heard of him, Barry Sanders, uh, obviously hall of fame running back, best running back ever. But, uh, but one of the things that he was famous for is when he, when he would score a touchdown, he would always hand the ball to the referee. And, and that same mindset, uh, has been with me through, you know, act like you've been there before. Act like you're going to be there again. And and to, back to your point on the losing and the winning or whatever, you just do it gracefully. You do, you do it gracefully. You, 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 you celebrate the wins, but you don't go crazy. Just like when you're defeated. And I, I loved your your point. When you lose, you learn from it. It, it is about a continuous improvement. You know, what, what did I do? You know, again, whether it's a project, whether it's a particular initiative, you know, if you tie it back to the business world, you know, oh, hey, I, I didn't get this client or I lost this deal or whatever it was. Why? W- what happened? You know, and 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 everybody can, you know, go back after the fact and you should and, and just take a, you know, take a list of what went well, what didn't go well, even for the ones that you're successful on. And it's that continuous improvement mindset. You know, how do I get better? Okay. If I lost this race how do i run it faster everybody has limits you know there's only one fastest person in the world there's only one you know richest person in the world there's only one greatest this greatest that everybody has a set of limits but how do you continue to strive to achieve it doesn't mean you lower your standards doesn't mean you lower your bar you still try to raise to meet that to meet that bar you know uh- I'm reading a book right now. It's
1: interesting. And it's just at this point where it's talking about goals and the the writer points out that, I mean, we all know that goals are, are, I mean, they're really just dreams unless you actually put some action behind it. Right. But the, the concept of, well, how do you really reach your goals? It's by having standards. And if you have high enough standards, whatever you set them at, It's the standard that you set yourself to that will help you reach your goals. So like, let's say you want to make X amount of money this year. Well, you can set the goal, but if you don't raise your standards and then line everything else up with that, you're you're not going to reach it. So standards were, it was a different way to look at standards. When I read this, I was like, wow, that's so true. I've just never thought of it in terms of like raising your standards. And that's how you really reach your goals, which is an interesting interesting way to look at it.
0: Yeah. No, I, I and I, I don't know the name of the book would love to get it from you, but it's, it's, uh, it, that's spot on. That is, that is, that's exactly the book right now. They got
1: This is for Ed. This is Ed, Ed, my the power of one, more. one more love that. This guy but, is, is phenomenal. This book is phenomenal. Damn. We got to send him a copy of the book.
0: <laughs> but I, I love that because, because you, you're, you're spot on. And again, <laughs> Equating it back to uh, a, a sports activity or a business activity or whatever it is 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 it's when you set that goal, it's that goes back to that hard work and discipline. Okay, you you know if it's it's the old you know you're going to get the same results if you do what you've always done. Well, the reality of it is is if I want to uh, if I want to lift weights and 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 get a, a new a new squat max that is X, Y, Z pounds. I've got to do one more rep. I've got to put That's more right. weight on. I've got to get a little bit better, stronger, faster, you know, all these different things because you'll never achieve that. It's exactly the same in the business world. I can set a goal that I want to have 100 clients this year, but if I don't actually call anybody, if I'm waiting for them to all come to me, doesn't matter. I can have the best plan in the world when they come to me, but if I'm not seeking them out, I'm not gonna get 100. Oh, so it, you, you absolutely have to adjust your standards. And, and part of that is, uh, and, and you'll laugh, I spent a lot of my career out in the field. And, and when you're out in the field, you're constantly making decisions and reacting. And, and I'm gonna use the term, you're shooting from your hip but you're making informed decisions based on your historical perspective of what you've done. That's called wisdom. That's called wisdom. That's exactly right. right. When you, when you move into a corporate setting in a corporate environment and you spend a lot of times in, in meetings, you're actually now creating the future versus reacting to somebody's current. And, and I, I find myself, uh, now, when I'm in meeting rooms or boardrooms or things like that, we're spending a lot of time on a whiteboard, and we're we're whiteboarding out, you know, again, standards, structures, processes, goals. You know, how do you achieve them? You know, and it's it's the old, uh, you know, uh, vision, mission, objective. You know, just like companies, yeah. you know, build, you do the same thing, and and it's and so now you're creating somebody else's reality but you have to provide the roadmap of how to get there. And, and that's, that's a, that's a so big distance.
1: So that's so powerful. Um, I got to, I, I do need to bring you back to, we got so into the, the, this, this great stuff. We skipped over your, your, your whole journey
0: <laughs> okay,
1: no so before we go back there. I want to, you mentioned two things that were so, so crucial. You didn't say it like this, but what I took from what you said was, was be humble. You uh, said it in different ways, but, and I can, I, I picked it up from you. And um, it's funny. I was on a phone call the other day with with the prospect who I believe is going to be hiring us. And the conversation, you know, when that conversation just gets to be so comfortable and you just can feel like you're in alignment and it's just going great. And right. um, one of the, the women on the phone said to me, she's like, Why, you're so humble considering everything you've achieved. And um, I don't really stop and think about that. And it's like, it's so important that, like you never forget how you start. Nothing, everything could be gone tomorrow. Like whatever you're working for, I mean, it, you don't know what tomorrow is going to be. So to me, like every day is, is like the start of, of, the, of, of the same process over and over of treating people well, treating clients well. Every conversation, you don't know where it's going to go. It's like a very fun, exciting experience, like every day. To not be humble in that process is a, is a turn off to people. Like How's nobody it, wants to be around somebody who's who's egotistical, who knows everything, and and so I you said it in a different way, but that really struck me, and so I, I noted it. And the other thing you, you mentioned just now was creating your future. Um, I mean, that's everything. You we we choose what's going to happen um, based on the decisions that we make. So you can you can choose to go to the gym today. You can choose not to. You can choose to to have a thought of, that's negative, unless right. obviously you have there's something that you literally i have a problem where you can't make the choice but most of us can make a choice to be positive we can make a choice to have a, a glass half full perspective and if we don't have that perspective right now you can still step back pause have awareness and choose something different but your outcome is going to be related to that choice
0: 100% and and you know i'm going to play off both of your statements um my parents taught me early on you know, don't look back in the rearview mirror, whether it's your accomplishments or your failures, you're, you're, you're constantly evolving. You're constantly changing. You're constantly, you know, you're the, you're in charge of your fate. You're in charge of your destiny, et cetera. Don't look, don't look backwards, you know, because if you dwell on your accomplishments, you know, you, you get satisfied. If you, if you dwell on your failures, you're depressed. And, and so, so from that, um the other big piece again that they taught back to the respect and and being humble and and the humility is is you're always learning and and there's always someone that you can learn from and and i've used that throughout my entire career Uh, again whether it's somebody that's brand new in a role and i'm interacting with them and i'm trying to coach teach train develop them educate them on what the role is the questions they ask the insight they give gives a whole different perspective and and again helps me continue to evolve and get better and and I I love that and and that quite frankly gets me jazzed up and right. and, and 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 really makes it exciting which then ties back into your statement on the future is you truly truly get to choose your future and that's a blast that is you, and 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 it's it's you know a lot of stuff going on in the world today a lot of, a lot of uh, people divisive and things like that and 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 you hate to see that because there's so much opportunity that if folks would would get outside and get off you know uh, you know certain things and and just focus on back to your point smiling at each other and doing some of these things they can control their future so much and and sure. i i try to you know i tell uh, there's a lot of young people you know we've got some interns that work for us um i tell i've got three you know children that are millennials that i talk about you know you're, you're only limited by your desire and your willingness. That's right. And, and those are the two, you know, I said, if if you desire to do more and you're willing to put forth the effort, you know, the sky's the limit. And, and, and that's, and I, and I, and I firmly believe that for them, or I wouldn't tell that. And, and it, it's, it's so it's, it's actually interesting now as as they come back and talk to me about certain things that are going on their life or their, or their career or whatever, it's fascinating listening to them because they're learning and they're evolving and and you feel proud number one as a parent but you also feel like oh some of the information that i'm importing on them they're actually realizing as well and and they're actually starting to see perspective which is nice
1: it, that really is nice and you know it's so true like opportunity it is everywhere and one of the cool things that that that's come out of doing this show is I mean, i've i've met a lot of people who are very successful, you know, in the in the traditional terms of what we people say is success, right. and there's there's very common threads that that they all have, all of them. And, and the things you've said are the things I hear from most people who have achieved some form of not just material success but also per, personal success, you know, family and, and relationships. Um, and it's always the same things. And it's it's hard work, it's perseverance. But when you mention opportunity. That's something that I've also noticed where, where there's certain some people just can see opportunity and they don't have the blinders on. And I believe partially those blinders are the programs that that, that are all drilled into our heads as we're growing up, which cause you to like kind of as we get older to lose the creativity to f- kind of get squished into some box that you decide you're going to go to college, you're going to be an accountant. And you're going to do this for 30 years and retire well that's very confining there's nothing about that that's open and creative unless your mindset is to see well i can build an accounting practice i can expand i can have other locations i can diversify but the thing that gets in the way that is fear it's fear of all the things that could happen because everybody around you is a naysayer they're all telling you why you shouldn't do it and by the way they haven't done it themselves but they're happy to tell you that you shouldn't do it <laughs> and so it's like, it's it kind of sucks the energy out of you. And so you forget how to see opportunities. And, and that's something that I hear from a lot of people I speak to who don't have that problem. I see opportunity everywhere. In fact, it's it's, it's too much. Sometimes I have to say, wait, 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 I can't do all this stuff. And, and so entrepreneurs that I know and people who are successful in, in business, um, in corporate America, they tend to have these characteristics where they see things other people don't see. Have you noticed that? Uh, I agree
0: with you wholeheartedly. I would be singing hallelujah and all everything else, but but it is it is a um, opportunity comes disguised as hard work sometimes. And in a lot of times you see you see the individuals uh, you know and, and I've had people come to me and and, and it it is so funny. I I loved what you said where Sometimes you have to stop yourself because I look around all the time. I can't hardly go anywhere without my wife reeling me in going, yeah, you don't need to tell them how to do their job or, or, uh, you know, they're, they're not interested in you helping, you know, we're, we're out shopping or out interacting because I'm naturally curious. I'm naturally, you know, trying to understand, Oh, okay. You know, this, this, you know, we've gone to this hotel and I'm talking to, you know, the, desk clerk or something like that. And, and I'm just, I'm learning, you know, what they do. And I go, well, that's fascinating and things like that. And my, my continuous improvement mind is, is constantly working with them because like you, I see, oh, well, there's opportunity there. Well, you could do this and you could do this or whatever. And she's like, honey, you don't work for the hotel chain. Stop, you know, or, or you don't work for the, you don't work for this retailer, you know, stop, right. you know, and just, it starts reeling me back in. And, but, but it's that, is that opportunity in my career, I've had folks come to me and say, hey, and and it's funny because it used to be a joke. We used to always say myself, some of my peers and all that, you know, when the sentence starts with, hey, I've got an opportunity for you, that was code for, I'm gonna give you a lot more responsibility, but I'm not gonna pay you any more money. (laughs) And, and- uh America. Yeah, and so, but, but it was, but it was those opportunities, you know, again, going all the way back to that continuous improvement, you take on that responsibility and and to your point, it's not always about getting a little more money, getting a little more raise, getting a little title, you know, getting something like this. Sometimes it's about rounding yourself out. And I think of the experiences that I gained by taking on roles or taking on initiatives or taking on projects. I looked at it like, one, it was an honor, but two, it's going to make me a lot better individual so that when there is the opportunity for me to get potentially go for a better title or a promotion or something like this, one, I've got this on my record and my resume, but two, I, again, I'm building my confidence. I'm gaining, I'm gaining a a more rounded perspective of what this role will take. And and so I've always enjoyed that personally and you're
1: putting the time in and that's that's really interesting i can relate to that because even when i was you know doing the the lowest level you know jobs that that ultimately led to me owning my own company into what i have today it started somewhere and i was aware at that time like i remember thinking i got to put the time in but i got to be i got to take this opportunity to learn as much as i can and every single role i had every single job i had i i learned from it I didn't really know what where it was going to go. I, you, you can't predict that to that degree, but I knew the entire time while well, everybody else was complaining around me or doing the that's bare amazing. minimum, or as they call it now, quiet quitting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a new thing. I, 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 it's crazy to me. Fascinating. Um, yeah. uh, it was always the opposite for me. It's like, no, be the first one in, be the last one out, put as much time in as I can because I might not be getting paid a lot, but I'm learning a lot. So they're paying me to go to school. That's how I looked at it. And um, and as time went on and I got older and, and I look back now on I, everything I've learned over the years, I kind of draw on every day and I, I own an IT company. But even now, I'm not one of the more technical people. I'm the owner of the company. When I have engineers who are dealing with a problem and they're they're overthinking and they're in the weeds, I'll just be like, wait, hold on a second. Let's just zoom out and say, well, what's what's the actual problem? Let's just do some basic critical thinking. And it's never necessarily a technical i mean the answer ultimately is technical but the mindset the approach to solving the problem right. is i'm noticing is being very much missed the experience that i had coming up is different than the experience i'm seeing in, in the younger generation that's coming up behind me information is at your fingertips so all the hard work that we did all the time we had to put in which sticks with you and creates the wisdom you can fast forward that now. You could just skip it, you could just get answers on Google, but you're not really learning the, the theory and, and understanding how to see things that nobody else sees because you never had to go through it. It's, it's
0: a hundred it's a lost art. It's it's yeah. uh, here's the good news. I'm still a firm believer that uh 80 percent of the what well, we w- we'll call them the younger generation still has that same desire and still wants to learn and still wants to grow and develop to your, to what you're saying. We do have to continue to educate. We do have to develop. We do have to again, coach, teach, train, but, but I do see it there because I see it, even the folks that we work with that we talk with. Um, I see it in, again, in my own, my own children and, and their friends and, and how they're approaching it. But, but you are, it's the old can't see the forest for the trees adage yeah. you know that that sometimes folks get in there and, and and it's you know you kind of want to say time out back up let's look let's look up what is the problem you know let's solve the problem then we can deep dive and diagnose and right. you know you know the, the the problem is you know uh person a is trying to ride in the car and get over here to this location by this time and the car's not working okay so let's get person A over to the location. We've solved the problem. Now we can go back and take the car apart and yeah, figure out why. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And 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 unfortunately, too many folks, to your point, dive into, you know, oh my <laughs> my cell phone's not working. I don't have I don't have a signal. I don't have Wi Fi. You know, it's the end of the world. I can't Google it. What you know, whatever the situation is where you know stop slow down breathe pause and reflect you know pick pick your term and step back and let's actually solve the problem then diagnose the issue and and there's not enough of that and it's in it but the good news is that's teachable that's trainable. teachable. yeah
1: you know, and it's, it's totally teachable
0: yeah it's something you can do
1: you know this is totally off subject I and mean, we are going back to your I mean that's not off subject but it's we're going down a rabbit hole but it's very cool and then we're going to go back to your your, your journey I went to back to school night the other night. I have an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old. But the um, where, where I live, the public schools are okay.
0: Right, They're okay.
1: But um, so my younger one, we, we put into a, a private school and we did a lot of research. And it, it's a private school. It's owned by a company that's uh, uh, like a global company. And so what, we go to back to school night and the second class, we, so we had to walk through like all seven classes, like kind of yeah. like, kind of take the journey of the day, but seven minutes each. And we get to the class where the uh, the English teacher is. And the English teacher is taking us through the things that, that he's teaching that aren't necessarily the things that are in the book. He's teaching um, critical thinking. And he explained to us that, one, he emails the kids every day. And part of their routine is they have to respond because he's teaching them how to properly write an email. I was like, thank God. Right, right. But – he also was talking about that part of the culture there, which is one of the reasons we like this school mm-hmm. is that it's okay to have an opinion, but you need to be able to back the opinion up with information, with facts, you got to do some research. You can't just have an opinion and say, because I think so. And, and he was explaining how that he, he pushes the kids to really like, not just have a thought, but have data behind that thought that actually validates it. And I'm like, wow, and I and I, I said to my wife, I'm like that's that's why we moved her. The education that she's getting is, and he also said it's preparing her for, for things that are really important. And the teacher also pointed out that they are teaching the kids how to have um, executive thinking. She's an eleven yeah. she's eleven years old, but it's part of the entire curriculum is executive thinking. Um, it's critical thinking, and it's all these things. I'm like, wow. I didn't learn any of this in school. I had to learn it in the real world, and thank God that they're teaching this in school to the kids. And it's not being taught in public school, which is a shame. It is. It is. Um, so it was off topic, but it just kind of was was about no, teaching, and it was about like those skills are the skills you need. It you know,
0: and you'll you'll laugh, um, but it's life. It you know, it's, unfortunately, we don't always do the best job of preparing. Our young people for life, you know, to your point, yeah. we don't, you know, sometimes, you know, it's the old, oh, well, they've turned 18. They're either going to go to college or they're going to go out and have a trade or a job or something like that. And you say, good luck. You yeah, know, we'll see you. And, and, you know, I, I, it's funny you mentioned that. I, you know, as you were telling that story, um, when we were in high school, I went to a very small high school. We actually had a speech and debate program. And again, and when I tell you, we have small, I graduated with like, I don't know, sixty-five, seventy kids. I mean, it was a small. Oh, that's idea. really small. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, but we were a national powerhouse in speech and debate. Now, because I went to a small school, I was able to do sports, and I actually did choir, and I did science club, and and but but I did speech and debate. And one of the things, it's so funny, you mentioned that about the critical thinking uh, with with your daughter's class is is those speech and debate classes taught taught us how to formulate discussions and arguments with facts because you had to have them because the other team was going to come back and rebut what you say and things like that but they were coming back with facts as well and so it taught us how to have that interaction and I still credit that today you know 40 years later to to you know, well, thirty-five years later, I help myself here, but uh, but uh, um, to to how I'm able to interact with people and have discussions because you're, you're spot on. Is is here's why I think we should do something, and here's my rationale behind it. And, and and you're you're basically presenting your argument, but you're doing it in a professional manner. You're doing, and and that allows for discussion and people to be comfortable providing input and giving discussion. And that's huge because as you know, in today's world, everybody's emotional. You know, I I grew up in the time where the old saying was sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. Now, uh, if I say the wrong word, people are in tears and enraged and, you know, and it's, uh, it's the craziest thing that you see. And, and the world has evolved into a, where we're not teaching those critical skills just and by the way i would right. say the same thing from a finance and economics perspective for sure you know we had a savings account when we were young and you remember the old little passbook that you would get yeah. where you, you know you you'd, de- you'd deposit your two dollars and you'd write your two dollars in and you'd add it up and but it taught you finances and you know there nothing goes on no, you know none of that's taught it's it's not learned because everything is through the phone. You they know? don't teach
1: it's, you any of that. I and mean, that's that's the old, I mean, I don't know if you know Robert Kiyosaki with the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. I yeah. mean, that's it, his whole, it, it's true. I mean, they don't teach you any of the things in school that you actually need to know. They just prepare you to go work somewhere. Um, but, you know, and, and I'm going to make an assumption, but your kids, maybe like mine, they see me, um, like I was up at five o'clock today. My, my daughter came downstairs for school at six o'clock. I was already an hour into working and she right. sees me working and, and it goes on all day. And, um, you know, she sees me working nights and weekends. I mean, granted, I do it at my own pace and my own timing you know, as an owner. But the, the example is being set that this is the way it is. If you really want to have more than what somebody else is going to say you're allowed to have, you have to create it on your own. And to create it on your own, you have to have everything you said, which is discipline. You have to also be able to work hard. So they've seen it in my house. I'm sure your kids saw it in your house. 100%. But on top of that, they also see me investing in real estate. They see me doing finance, mm-hmm. and so, um, and I've i brought them into it, and I show them um, like how to do it. And so they have a mindset where they understand that this stuff goes on, and you need and you need to understand it. Um, right. My other entrepreneurial friends, I, I know that their homes are similar in that way. Right. But the sad part is. What is I don't know making this up? Ninety percent of the people out there aren't entrepreneurs, whatever that number is. And right. so for those of us that are that have that spirit, yeah, our kids grow up in a different type of home, uh, information-wise. For everybody else, it's whatever they're teaching you in school, and they're not teaching you anything in school. Well,
0: and there, and there's there, you know, and, and it's a double-edged sword because they don't understand what back to we talked before what the opportunity could be that's right you know what, you know what is that value what is that opportunity because they aren't learning it in school and they may not be getting it in their home either yeah. and then and then knowing once they're exposed to the opportunity they don't understand the value you, you know it, it's, it's hard for somebody that doesn't understand how hard you have to work to to buy your first home or to purchase a vehicle or or even something like a vacation and 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 I, you know, and and, you know, hearing the age of your kids. But but there is, you know, there's a, you know, a, gosh, what is it? Probably eight year age gap between our oldest and our youngest between the three kids and. Um, the, the, you know, it's, and by the way, it was same. I was the youngest in my family. Um, so my older brother thought I was entitled, uh, but you know, our, the my older children think my youngest child is more entitled because they came along in the world and grew up when we had more as a family and more things were available. And 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 when you went on vacations or you went out to dinner, you know, it, it, we moved up from eating at the uh, at the Chili's restaurant to a little bit nicer restaurant. Nothing against Chili's, um, but but we. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but we but we I love Chili's, by the way. I, I do too. I would go there every time if it was up to me. But uh, Rocco's
1: Tacos where I live—that's a great place too. Rocco's Tacos, <laughs>
0: Rocco's Tacos. Yeah. But but you know, but but you just evolve. And so so to your point, if if there's not perspective uh, in your household in what you do, or are learning at school? then they don't necessarily understand how to achieve those and what the value is and things like that. And it's, it's it's important. It's, it's really important to teach. It's so
1: true. You know, in that, that gap too, like like my older daughter who's 14. When, when, when she was young, we still didn't have anything. Like I was still kind of making, making it happen. And she, she remembers, um, you know we didn't have nice cars we we didn't live in a big home like she remembers what it was like right. and so she's experienced the change that my younger daughter is only 3 years difference that 3 years things had happened quickly for me because i had been working so hard for so long it right. finally hit she doesn't know the difference like she actually i've asked her before i'm like do you remember this she doesn't remember I and mean, she just remembers always having what she needed right and having a different type of life and, and having larger homes and having nicer cars and the two of them have very different memories of that period yeah. in their life
0: you know I, my our, our two boys are 2 years apart and it's funny because my older son both of them are pretty good little athletes but my older son remembers he got a bat you know, to play baseball and got his glove and all that stuff. And that's what he had for a while. My younger son played travel baseball, had a bat bag, you know, full of, you know, $300 composite that's baseball bats. You know, he had like four of them or something like that. You know, I mean, you know, and, and I, I look back on that and go, wow, we were crazy, you know, but, but I, but, I, you know, to your point, they're two years apart. And, and the difference in timing and age of when things, you know, begin to hit and happen, you know, in my life, in our life, uh, you know, he see he sees the differences from when he did things, you know, as a young person to when right. our youngest son did it. And, uh, and of course, you know, our daughter's like, yeah, let me tell you about tough times, you know. So, <laughs> you know, she, yeah, you, you, know, you think they were impoverished, you know, and barefoot, right. you know.
1: I, I don't want, I think the message here, I just want to like bring out the message. It's, we've been fortunate, but not fortunate in that we've been lucky. We've been fortunate in that we, we. and this is the message that everybody should take from this. We've been fortunate in that we came up in, a, in, in, in an environment at, that was, that was about hard work and discipline. Right. And so what we've, what you've created, what I've created for for my, for ourselves, but for our families and the thing and the things that that we have now, they are the byproduct of all the hard work and all the time and all the patience and all the learning and seeing the opportunities and failing and losing. that that's what gets us here. And by the way, here is just this exact moment. There's no stopping. you, you know it, it's the other message that's that the show is about is reaching our potential. And so as people listen to this and hear you and I kind of talk about kind of how we're enjoying things now and how our kids are enjoying things now, well, there's a journey to get there. And if you're fortunate enough to get it the old way and you inherit it, great. But I certainly didn't. And and coming from very, very humble, to me, I would consider poor poor beginnings. Um, There was no other choice other than to make what I wanted to happen happen and at that time it was for me but then as you get older it's not just about you it's about the family you're building it's about your children and maybe a legacy but right. all of it requires everything that you've said since we've been on this on this in this conversation all of it nobody's going to hand it to you and and, and our kids even though they're, they're living maybe a certain way now i can speak for myself and, and i'm sure it's the same for you they're still being taught the best to the best of our ability those same um, values just
0: right. In a different way, right. would you agree with that? No, I, I would agree, and 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 we we constantly have this conversation yeah, as a family. But I also, I, again, I share it with my peers and folks I work with. It can all go away. Sure. Um, you know, th- this is, and, and I, I love the term you use, journey. We're all on a journey, and and we we know we've been blessed. Okay, we know it came from hard work. We know it came from a lot of effort. But we also know with every hard work and effort, you I I don't want to use the term lucky, but you set yourself up for more opportunities. And and so if you call that luck, okay, so be it. But but through through your efforts, through your through your desire, through your drive, through your striving to be the best that you can be, more doors and more opportunities potentially are opened um, right. for you to do and that you and, them
1: and you take them
0: that's exactly right people
1: call that luck because they see the outcome but they don't know what you did oh you're lucky right. i'm not lucky i saw the opportunity and i wasn't afraid to maybe i was afraid but i pushed through and i, and I jumped on it
0: right
1: and, and you see it as luck but it wasn't
0: we, we uh, my uh, my wife and i and our children when they were very young we moved nine times in 16 years in the retail business. Okay. A lot of people didn't do that. A lot of folks didn't take those opportunities. You know, hey, we've got a role for you. Hey, we've got a promotion. Oh, I don't want to move. I want to stay here. I want to I want to be next to my family or I like where I live or whatever it was. We, you know, again, we discussed it while the children were young. It was much easier to make some of those decisions and make those moves and do some of those task, um, because it, it helped create the path that uh, for the journey. And, and we absolutely did that. And, and again, I don't know that I would call it lucky, but every opportunity led to the next opportunity, and the next opportunity. And by the way, every choice we made, wasn't the right choice. And sometimes you found yourself, well, darn it, I should have turned left instead of turned right. But but now you, you adjust, you fix it. And, and you go on because you if you stay in the pattern the next opportunity is going to come up and you've educated yourself on making a better decision and and you're 100 right and we're still on the journey and and i i and i i absolutely tell our children uh nothing's free nobody's going to hand you anything right and 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 if you want it you, you better be willing to go work for it you know it
1: sounds especially with all the moves and by the way as we wind this down i i I, we need to, after this, we, we need to go back to your, just take me through, through actually you did a lot of moving as a kid and, and you right. continue to move a, and, and you, you really um, did some pretty cool things. So I, I want to step back and let you kind of take us through that. Sure. Um, but you must be comfortable being uncomfortable, which I find is an in- interesting and important characteristic too, which to me is what changes. I mean, you have to change in order to kind of keep moving forward which means you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And you seem like you're fine with
0: that. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, people, again, a whole industry was born out of HR and human resources called change management. Right. And, and, uh, and, and I, I, to your point, I used to tell people all the time, change is constant. And, and, you know, it was the, the running, you know, joke where, you know here comes the train down the track you've got two choices. You can stand in front of it and we know how that ends, or you can choose to hop on and, and take the ride. And, and we've, we've, you know, my wife and I, and as family, we've chosen to hop on the train every time and let's see where it takes us. And, and, and so far, uh, again, very, very fortunate. And, and again, does it mean there aren't some stops along the way, like I said, where it's, it's maybe not, it wasn't as ideal as we, Thought it was going to be, but we learned from it. We made the best of it, and we evolved as we went forward. So, uh, uh, agree with you uh, uh, again wholeheartedly with how you described it. Such a great message. All right. So, like forty minutes ago, you
1: began telling me that your dad was in the military in intelligence and intelligence, and 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 the influence your mom had on you. Just take right. us through that to 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 now, everything, all
0: the important stuff. Sure, sure. Um, so, and I'll cut me off as I, you know, go through if I, if you need to cut me off, if I get too long winded or you want to throw in questions. Okay. Um, so, uh, my dad, uh, left home at a young age, joined the military, joined the air force. Um, he, uh, he wound up becoming a, uh, crewman for the U2 airplanes. Um, and which, you know, were the spy planes. And if you've heard of. Uh, probably the most famous was Gary Powers, and uh, there's actually a movie called Bridge of Spies, uh, Tom Hanks movie, great movie. Um, you know that that kind of shadows my, uh, you know my my dad's a little bit of my dad's military uh, career, but but my uh, and I'd say military. That was at that point he was in the intelligence field, and and uh, you know. My dad always had a crew cut. Uh, When he passed away, he had a crew cut. He was just that way. He was, he kept everything extremely close to the vest, um, extremely disciplined. His shoes were shined until he was well into his eighties. You know, it was, uh, you know, his everything, everything had a place, everything was put away. It was just a very structured environment. But um, what was really neat about that growing up is it taught you hard work, discipline, structure, etc.? And 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 I I am so thankful for that aspect that that he provided. And then my mom, um, while he was away for so long, again doing doing the stuff in the U two, doing stuff in Vietnam, and even subsequent uh, tours after that. Uh, there, you know, there were a lot of times where it was just the family it was her and the three boys and and then we would move we actually moved a couple of times where we actually moved off of the military base and you know when he was uh doing intelligence stuff we weren't able to be on the military base so we moved home with my grandparents my grandparents lived out on a farm and had a couple hundred acres and uh you know you learned hard work and farm life and you you learned things like that you mentioned your upbringing and uh, you know coming from humble you know beginnings, and that was you know I I feel there was a lot of that you know from my perspective. You know I watched my grandfather get up you know literally four a.m. go out feed the cattle, uh, tend to the other you know livestock and animals, and then go out on the farm. And he was he was on the tractor by you know six o'clock six thirty. He'd come in for lunch, and then he was back out till dark. And, and so you, you, you see that, and you see those examples, and, and you see how hard people work. That instills that, that in you. So, again, when my father came back, we went back to the military bases. We were doing more of those things. And once we retired, we actually retired to, you know, southern Oklahoma. And, you know, I mentioned, you know, mentioned before, went to a small high school, was blessed to, uh, to get to do a lot of different things there, a lot of different sports uh, a lot of different, you know, speech, debate, drama, those type of things. So it, I felt it rounded me out from my personality. You know, it just it helped develop me into the person I was. Um, went to college. Started with uh, uh, true story. Started working for Eckerd Drugs uh, when I was a freshman in college. Um, I had two brothers who were store managers and two sister in laws who were store managers, and I went there to work for beer money for spring break, and uh, and. I love so, um, the, the, and, and you'll appreciate this. So all four of them said, don't embarrass us. <laughs> uh, that was their advice for me starting right. to work there. And right. I, uh, I, uh, I started with them and, and when I, uh, I, you know, I started, I did a lot of stuff. I worked as a, what was called a pony driver, which was, uh, you drive from store to store and balance merchandise. Uh, back in the old days, you know, a customer would go to store A and they'd need something and they call store B and you drive a little van over to store B and bring it to store A and, and do that. And, and I still remember, I was making $2 and 35 cents an hour. Ooh, so there
1: you yeah,
0: go. good money, good there money. Go. Um, so really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. But, uh, um, while I was still in college in the summers, I would, you know, work and try to spend more time, you know, doing that, earning money. Well, I started on the remodel team because, uh, they would give you a per diem, which was the craziest thing in the world. I'd never heard of that as a you know young college kid and wait, you're gonna give me a certain amount of money for food um, each week and we would travel around uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, doing all these store renovations and and it was great and it was uh, you know camaraderie, teamwork, you know all the things that you kind of like to do. It was other kind of kids your your age and Kind of your mindset it was hard work we'd work 12 or 14 hours a day but when you're you know 20 21 not a not a big deal and oh by the way they're giving you that per diem so it didn't always get spent on food sometimes it got spent on uh, libations that were actually kind of fun after work and so so a, a great time great experience got out of college stayed with Eckerd um, moved down to the Dallas Fort Worth area and and that's when it started you know i i uh wound up uh uh you know taking all the skills that i had learned by doing a lot of the different jobs that i had done while i was in college with them and and wound up bouncing around and became uh, assistant regional project manager in dallas then i had the opportunity to go to uh north florida uh the orlando office where i became the regional project manager and then i uh I uh, wound up becoming the project manager for all of Florida. Then I became a district manager over in Tampa. And, and it, again, it, it was all of those opportunities where they, where you moved around from city to city, opportunity to opportunity. And and it always started, you know, i mentioned before, it always started with that conversation. Have I got an opportunity for you? Which was, again, followed by something maybe maybe that you didn't want to do or maybe that you had to make a decision on. And and you wound up you wound up doing it, and it, it opened it opened a ton of doors for me. I was very blessed to have amazing mentors, you know, throughout my you know career. I was with Eckerd for about uh, eighteen, almost nineteen years. Um, had some amazing mentors. Uh, I, I quite frankly, I would have retired at Eckerd had uh, we not been sold to uh, CVS in the early two thousands and and when that happened uh it was an opportunity for me to go do something else still pretty young and we we decided to go to work at family dollar up in charlotte north carolina so i took that opportunity true statement i had never even been in a family dollar had never seen one uh had not it was not something that i um you know had ever really thought about you know if you know when, when you work in retail you don't spend a lot of time shopping Right. You know right. and other retailers and doing other stuff I'm like I'm in, I'm in store all time all the time I, I know what they look like <laughs> so so uh, went up to Charlotte uh, again uh, some inspirational leaders, some really uh, inspiring folks. Howard Levine was the CEO at the time uh, and you met him and a gentleman named Jim Kelly who was the president during my interview process. You know, I actually interviewed with both of them over a two-day period. Uh, probably interviewed with 10 other folks. But I was struck at how personable and how genuine they both were. And, and they were talking no different than we're having a conversation. Right. It, 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 was, it was amazing, you know, to think that these folks in these roles with their record of success, um, how humble they were. Uh, what great leaders they were, how passionate they were about their business, that it truly was. It was inspiring. And and by the time I'd flown back home to South Florida, um, I actually had an offer letter waiting. Uh, it was probably a 30-minute discussion with my wife, and she said, let's go. So we went up to Charlotte, uh, worked with the family dollar team for uh, 12 years, and we we then went through the Largest merger acquisition in the history of the United States, Uh, Dollar Tree uh, acquired Family Dollar. uh, You know, took us up to about at that time about fifteen thousand locations, which were more locations than anybody else in North America. What was your role though when you went there? I I don't
1: think you mentioned that.
0: I'm sorry. So when I went to work uh, at Family Dollar, I was uh, vice president. I was actually uh, vice president of process improvement. Or, oh wow yeah of process improvement at family dollar only because they didn't have an operational role available at that time so they brought me into the corporate office initially for about six months and and we worked on some process improvement uh i lost prevention point of sale some of those type of areas then we went to and then after about six months uh, i took responsibility for the kind of the northeastern united states uh, true story. At one time, I had seven of the top ten crime cities, uh, so it was. Uh, there, there were weeks where I would visit locations, and it was some some tough weeks. But, uh, but, but it was okay. And, and again, what it goes back to is is great people control what you can control. You're in charge of the four walls. Um, you know, every day, you know, you get up and you choose your attitude. And, and I, again, very fortunate to have tremendous folks on, on my team, you know, from the district managers, from the store managers, you know, all the way down to those front end cashiers. And, and what was really interesting is uh, when I took over that particular area, we had the highest turnover in the company. And, and generally that happens when you replace somebody, you're, you're generally not going somewhere where it's been running great. Uh, you know, you're replacing them for a reason. Right. And and, uh, you know, one of the things that I mentioned, you know, at, at the time, and this was contrary to how a lot of folks would structure it is our HR person, you know, was like, well, you need to fill out all these forms and you need to list all these reasons why people are leaving and and do all this. And there was a litany of paperwork. And, and I, you know, and I shared with her, I said, well, they're leaving because they don't like working, here, you know, so so why don't you let me go out and and visit stores and work with the staff and work with the team and talk to them and I'll bring you all the feedback back in the world. And, and literally after, and, and I still view this, you know, I've had a lot of success uh, with P and L's and financials and, and operating good markets and things like that. But um, after, after about four months, we went from again the bottom highest turnover bottom of all the all the areas in the company to we we quickly moved up and we won for three consecutive quarters we won the most improved lowest turnover you know uh, all the hr goals and and rankings and all that and, and again in it in it and what it what i tried to and ultimately when i got promoted and got promoted into corporate i worked to change this for the whole organization but it wasn't about having your field leadership, your district managers, your regional vice presidents, et cetera, all sitting in an office and filling out paperwork. It was about having them actually going out into the stores. It was actually about having them going out and visiting the folks on the front lines and actually understanding, Hey, what are their problems? What are their issues? What are we doing that's making their life more difficult? What are we doing that's making it, tougher for them to accomplish what we're asking them to accomplish. And, and back to that continuous improvement mindset. So we, we spent a lot of time uh, doing that and, and the results spoke for themselves. I, after I did that for about a year and a half, two years, I came into the office, um, came back in that time again as VP of process improvement. Um, they rolled all the workforce management under me, all the compliance under me did that for about a year or so then they came to me and said hey we'd love you to do procurement also so that was again another one of those opportunities where we want to give you more responsibility but no uh, no extra uh, we're going to give you a fancier title you know so uh, so it was a uh, again great experience uh, you know learned uh, had, a, had a whole different department a whole different group of individuals in addition to the workforce management team and the process improvement team. Then we rolled uh facilities uh repair and maintenance uh utilities electricity gas etc that whole group rolled under uh then uh, about a year after that we rolled store development under so we had uh, all the people that were doing new stores uh and, and 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 honestly that was probably one of the i enjoyed it because of my background at Eckerd with the remodels but uh but during family dollar days we were doing 500 new stores a year we were doing we were doing five to 700 renovations and about 150 relocations so you, we were doing anywhere between 12 and 1500 projects on an annual basis and you and, oversaw all that i oversaw all that you, yeah you well remember
1: how many people you had that were ultimately under your um
0: supervision um, so d- direct supervision probably 35 40 people uh, under the whole umbrella yeah. thousands um, But, but in, the, in the store development world um, we had a hundred uh, project managers out in the field you know to do that many projects and then obviously we had a great organization you know there uh, in, in the office but uh, I tell you it was uh, it was a well-oiled machine uh, a lot of amazing uh, folks that worked on the team and it really, you know, you talking about the continuous improvement and in in keeping your juices flowing, and how do you get better, and how do you how do you do it more efficiently, less expensively, turn out a better finished product, et cetera. Um, loved that Lo- that some of the best brainstorming sessions that that I ever had in any company, and it was it was one of those things that just it, it really got you jazzed up to go in every day, knowing that you could work on some of those things. It was because you're starting with. You know, if it's a new store, you're starting with a pile of dirt and 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 if it's a renovation, you're basically, you know, emptying the store, you know, completely getting the store and, and coming back. So you, you you got such a such a sense of accomplishment, uh, you know, when you when you had the finished, you know, product and you were able to, you know, one, a lot of pride in the team members that did it, a lot of pride in the team members you were turning it over to, but a ton of pride in the community that were That were customers that were shopping there it was really cool really cool
1: were your parents alive to see this where it all
0: went to for you uh funny story yes they were i'm looking here because i know i have it in here it's not handy um so i my first job i was a bag boy at winn dixie when i was 14 years old and you could take tips back then, by the way. So you 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 were jazzed if you got fifty cents. Most people would give you a quarter. But um, but I was a bag boy to Win Dixie in the small my uh, small town was Marietta, Oklahoma, and uh, that Win Dixie became a family dollar. Oh wow! Thirty years later, and so so my parents actually sent me, and I have it framed somewhere, and. Um, I'm actually going to get choked up, but they sent me a little thing. You know, it was one of those where you were, where you are.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. A picture, the, cool. a picture of the.
0: It was a picture of the Winn Dixie to a picture of the Family Dollar. So cool. And and it it was it was um, you know, your life spans. You know, that was right. at that time it was, you know, it's probably 20, 20 plus years into that. You know, between between my career at Eckerd and then into Family that was really cool and so they yes they were both alive at that time and uh, it was it's one of those things where you know it's just a subtle framed thing you know and they weren't they weren't doing it for anything other than you know they they were it was their way of saying hey we're proud of you and and uh, and but it was kind of neat it was kind of a, a very sentimental
1: I think I mean thanks for for answering that because it, as you're talking and I'm thinking of everything that you're, you're talking about that you've, you've done and you've achieved, especially towards, towards that, that part of the career, this, towards that part of the career. Um, I'm thinking about all these, these, these words I wrote down that, that came from your upbringing and then, you know, being on a farm and you just kept doing the same thing. You, 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 you knew how to do. It was just a different setting. Right. And uh, for that, as a parent to be like, to be able to step back and, wow, like they saw this whole journey. They saw, I mean, they were working to try and and, and instill beliefs in you and and, and values and it worked. And then to see where that all went as you got to be, um, you know, as you matured in in business and in life. That's why I asked that question because that must've been, I mean, you can imagine it's a very rewarding feeling for them. And of course they they acknowledge it by sending you something.
0: (laughs) That's really cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and, and interesting, because of my father and how stoic he was, you know that was the that was the extent of the. Uh, That's it. You got a frame. yeah, the joyous celebration. It was a hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. uh it, you know, it, it did. It 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 really did. It, you know, we used to joke, you know, with my wife and my brother's wives and things like that. um You know, because they viewed my dad as this big teddy bear and, and uh, a boy, such a nice guy and and all this. And and he truly was, but it was a completely different personality than, you know, what we grew up with and what we knew for all those years. And, and it, and it was refreshing to see his transformation, you know, because of all the stuff that he instilled. Even now I look back on that and go, Oh, I see personality traits. I see things, but he, back to your point, doing the same thing over and over, you know, he, he taught us that and you you learned that and that's how you became successful. And that's how he was successful. But he also, he, he had a, there was a person behind the person, you know, that, that you saw, which, which I, which loved to see, which was so enjoyable.
1: We have to wind it down. There's one thing that you didn't bring up. It, it just,
0: if you can just give us the, the, the 30 second of what you're doing right now. Sure. Love to. So Energy Zero Solutions, uh, we're essentially a consulting company for customers, for the client. Um, we don't sell anything. Uh, what we do is we come in and we actually assess or our, uh, understand from the customer the client what their goals are from an energy and sustainability perspective. That could be we want to be the greenest company out there we want to save the most green we want to you know save the most money we want to do a combination of both we just want to be more efficient because we've got to put it in our perspectives you know whatever those different things are um and then what we do is we do an assessment we do some site surveys we take their data and then we come back to them uh based on all of our experience we've, we've got a very good group of talented individuals and we basically come back to them and say, "Here's our recommendations based on what you want to do as a company. Here's how we recommend you approach it. Here's how we recommend you uh, roll it out, and and then we offer the support slash uh, project management from a turnkey perspective that we'll coordinate with the vendors for you. We're agnostic. You know, we we you know whether it vendor A or vendor B, we don't care. We negotiate with all of them." because we have the bandwidth we have the experience and we know what they should be doing and and that's how we approach it and, and we love it we operate in uh, all 50 states we actually are doing some projects in in Europe right now um, for a couple of clients uh, we have a lot of emerging technologies so we're uh, we're open we're open for business we've got our shingle hung up and we're we're uh, ready to do business anywhere in the world it's awesome. Like you're taking everything you've done and, and now you're just applying it to
1: something else. And, and it's going to be really successful. It, it's, it's just going to be an extension of what you've already been doing. Well, thank uh, you. L- listen, uh, this has been I actually had to cut us off because I think you and I probably could keep going <laughs> for another hour. Yeah. Um, There's always, uh, you know, episode two somewhere. You know. I actually did that with somebody a few weeks ago because it, it got to be just like this and I didn't want to stop it. So we actually had to chop it into two hour long episodes. Well, you know, the thing is you jumped into this today and and, like for me, it was kind of out of character to not do what we did at the, at the end, we talked about your story. Usually we do that first. You and I just got right into like so much uh, valuable information. So I, I I hope a lot of people see this and it may not be today. It could be a year from now, whenever somebody and people fall, fall, uh, stumble onto this or find us, this is a great episode. You, I mean, you, you, it was nonstop. You had (laughs) one piece of information after the other, and it's all valuable so um, i do want to thank you for for taking the time and and hopefully we reach
0: people and help people you know yeah no agreed agreed and that's it is about giving back and it it truly is you know and again it's you know without getting you know too corny and cliche but it it truly is you know if we can help folks and 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 make them better it's it's uh it's amazing you know i you know people laugh one quick thing. I, you know, again, I I did I've, I've I'm very blessed to have accomplished what I've done in business. Um, I actually really enjoy growing up and all that. I get so much more pleasure out of watching my kids accomplish stuff. Watching, you know what, you know, I still remember my oldest son when he was playing t ball, and he ran around the bases, and he's first time he scored, and he stuck his hands up and goes touchdown. And 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 uh, and you know, of course, all the parents laugh. I I laugh because I was so proud he scored. But it was like, oh, he likes football too. So, yeah, but uh, but uh, but it's you know, it's it's those memories that you do it for. So part of the yeah. giving back, we can accomplish all we want if we don't share it or, or talk to people about it. Then then it's really not worth it. Wow, that's well said.
1: You know, we end. Um, I end every show by by saying something and i'm going to say it now but you actually you you exemplify the, the three words i'm going to say and everybody who's watching this you have to take this from today be humble hustle and you have to do the work and and this this is i mean it they came up 50 times today in, in 50 different ways that is that is a requirement um so before we completely end the show is there anything you want to share just a, a, a way for people to reach you do you want anybody to know anything about uh, your company, website, anything?
0: Sure. Uh, you can reach us at energyzerosolutions.com. Uh, that's our uh, website. And you can get on and get a little bit of information about how we are or how we perform and what we do. And then if you just want to email us, it's info at com, And we're happy to take all of your information and we'll get back to you. So. Excellent. And all of that information,
1: you can see it down below in the description. So just go down there and uh, you'll be able to, to see all that. So listen, again, thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, for doing this. And um,
0: Thank you, Matt. Enjoyed
1: it. There might have to be a second episode. I want to find out what happens with your new company. Uh, the sequel's even better. Perfect. Perfect. All right, my friend. We'll talk very soon. Thanks again. Thank
0: you. Have a great day.